Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, having the right perspective. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to become a member, go to chadd.org. So, Jan, please introduce our guest. Jeff, our guest today is Laura McNiven. She is the co-founder of Springboard Clinic, which is a leading multidisciplinary clinic specializing in ADHD awareness and treatment in Canada. She is also a co-author of the popular workbook for adults with ADHD entitled, May We Have Your Attention, Please? A Springboard Clinic Workbook for Living and Thriving with Adult ADHD. As a professional who experiences attention issues herself, Laura is deeply passionate about sharing a message of hope and effective tools to meet the challenge. She enjoys outdoor sports, writing, and exploring the world through the eyes of her two children. You can find more about the clinic online at springboardclinic.com. And Jeff, we're happy to have Laura with us today. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to connect with you again. I love the, the times that we've worked together. You know, everybody, one of the things... It's great about doing this podcast. I meet all kinds of experts and creatives out there and people that can language and stuff. And um, it really resonates. A couple of years ago, I was working with Laura, and, and she wrote an article for Attention Magazine. I, I never forget the phrase, you can't treat ADHD through the lens of shame and blame. And I thought that was just a profound statement and a way of looking at some things. And I'm, Laura, I'm forever grateful that, you, uh, that I read that from you. I give you. I give you credit for that all the time, so thank you. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Well, it's uh, always a pleasure to connect with you, too, and learn, like you said, learn from others in this space. And 
and figure out how we can keep challenging ourselves to feel like we're on the, we're on the right track. Absolutely. And so th- this shows very much kind of in line with that because, you know, it's a perspective. If you're shaming and blaming yourself, that's a perspective, and I don't think it's really kind of effective. And so a lot of our conversation today is if you've got ADHD, having the right perspective. And I think the precipitous of this is you had reached out to me, and, you know, we were talking about success. And as people said, you know, I want to be successful, and, you know, the go-to question is what does that look like? And the go-to answer is that's a good question. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, Let's and often, <laughs> like, they, they go there and they, they kind of can't answer it. It's, it's kind of funny, but you kind of stumbled into a, a, a definition of it. I, I would like you to share with it, and we'll have a conversation about it and then other definitions so that people can have the right perspective. So can you walk us through uh, what you found? Yeah, it's interesting. I think that I care a lot about words, and I think the words in particular, in particular about how we describe ourselves um, become extremely meaningful about how we live our lives. And I had always, you know, that word success comes up all the time, particularly in the area of coaching or mental health. And I've always kind of had this feeling of like, I don't know, that word feels like we only use the word success about when we talk about other people or mm-hmm. what does that even mean? And is that, is that, you know, a set of criteria that are, sort of all agreed upon in society or what are we talking about? And I recently heard a quote that I just, it's the first time I've really liked the word success, I guess I want to say. (laughs) And it's, it's from Dr. Maya, excuse me, Maya Angelou. And it's success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. And I heard it and I just paused because it felt it felt so true and authentic, and it, it sort of gave words to what coaching is all about for me, is that suddenly it's this, it's this looking inward concept. So liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it, just that, that personal element of it. And, it, yeah, it got me really thinking about um, that word and other words when we talk about ADHD and, and coaching and, and finding the words that, that work for individuals. And personally, um, the way I look at it is success is finding your place, finding your home, casting yourself, Mm -hmm. finding that place where you kind of belong. And and, and I – I'm going to share myself as – I've done lots of things over a long period of time, but when I came uh, ADHD coach, as I tell people, I don't go to work. I go to fun. And I go to fun because I found my place. I enjoy what I do. In fact, I work a little bit too much and, you know, I'm real all about ahas. And like, it's kind of funny because if somebody else has an aha, it's really, I don't care. It's all about me. It feels good to help somebody as a result of that stuff. And so I I, want to talk about this a little bit, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not a ranking. It's not a material thing. It's not a numbers thing. It's kind of finding your place in the world. That's just my thoughts. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I love that. And I think, it's interesting. So I agree with you. And now that we think about success with that lens, I'm like, yes, like that feels true to me. And, you know, working with people, my goal as a coach is, is not about them figuring out how to meet someone else's needs, but instead mm-hmm. really giving that permission of safety in the space that we have together to observe and reflect and really find their truth, what, what feels like, to your point, home to them. But I think so often we, we use words 
more flippantly we, we, or we hear them. And we, I'll give you an example that connects with this that, that came to mind for me is I had been talking with my therapist about my, when I was you know, younger in school. And I kind of just said casually, well, I was an underachiever in school. And, you know, I always felt like an underachiever, something like that. And she kind mm-hmm. of looked at me and said, hmm, I don't know if you were an underachiever or, I mean, might the system, like, did the system serve you? Um, and it, it, it kind of created this interesting pause for me where I, where I rethought the question about what underachievement even means. And then I looked it up. And the definition of underachievement is sort of like a quick Google search. I'm sure there's other definitions, is the fact of doing less well than expected, especially in schoolwork. And it gave pause to sort of ask that question about how we're using words in describing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of having that that check-in that I think becomes really important when we when we are doing the work to uncover a, de- a diagnosis like ADHD or um, or even just in general trying to trying to find our way. Mm-hmm. Success and how people might react to it or what you were talking about underachievement, there's this thing that starts to keep showing up for me, and that's that expectation. Um, yes. You know, when you go to school, there's this expectation that's there, and, I, you know, it's kind of funny, like, is it your expectation or one that you inherited from somebody else? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to tell you, what, I want to tell a story about that and kind of come back to the success thing. Um, so I got to college basically because I was a scholarship athlete. Had I not, I'm not so sure I would have been able to get in academically. Once I was there, I really kind of had to survive. And I could argue that I underachieved. I, I took pretty much as easy a curriculum as I could to get through. Um, and my GPA was moderately, slightly below average. And one could say I underachieved. However, when I graduated, or when I, I was in my last semester, I was taking a, a class to you know, write a resume and find jobs and interview. I'll never forget, because on my resume, I had um, waiter, Kappa Alpha Theta Social Sorority. What I did is I would go to the sorority and I would put food on the table. I didn't get any money for it, but I got to eat there for free. And I said I did that, but while um, training full-time, even through um, travel um, semester, so like in swimming, you miss a week for NCAs, you miss a week for Big Tens, you got a bunch of dual meets in there. It was interesting to me because when I went on interviews, nobody asked me anything about anything on my resume except that particular job. And what was interesting to me is – Ultimately, I later asked people who hired me, like, what is it? And they said, well, we could tell that you could balance and do multiple things, and you were clearly an athlete in performance. And it's funny because I did I, – I'd argue that I underachieved academically, mm-hmm. but personally mm-hmm. and who I am now, I probably really overachieved, which goes back to what's the stick that you're using to measure yourself, which is really a mm-hmm. perspective type thing. I want to give you a moment or two to comment, and I want to kind of go to break, and we can kind of delve in more, but just initial thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it is a great example of what we're talking about is this, like, kind of this language that's kind of under the surface that unless we bring to the surface and, like, put criteria on or, like, define carefully, we start to put names to things that aren't even true. In your case, 
far from underachieving, although even now as you describe it, well, I took the easy courses or, you know, there's this language. And then there's this part Mm -hmm. of saying like, by the way, I did like all this incredible stuff and it took me on the route that I was meant to go on. And so it's really important we pause and check in with the words we're using about our our achievement or not achievement or success or goals because we can also do a whole bunch of achieving from the perspective of someone else and not be going on the route that's right for ourselves too. Ah, well said. Well, that's beautiful. Everybody, we're going to break real quick. Um, before we go, real quickly, our secret word tonight is perspective. And check out Laura's website at springboardclinic.com. Um, she offers a, a online adult uh, class, parenting classes at different times of year. You can find all that information there. And so everybody with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Laura McNiven, uh, having a conversation about ADHD and having the right perspective. And we're, we're, we're di- diving into some areas of success and underachievement because these typically to be areas of, of judgment um, and some type of expectations. And, you know, it's always interesting to me what's obvious depends on what you pay attention to. And you could define success in a business as mm-hmm. who's got the most revenue or who's got the most profit or who's got the most name recognition mm-hmm. or who the clientele is. Um, those are all well and good, but you could be very successful and be absolutely miserable in all those. And I've coached a lot of people that were in jobs that they absolutely hated. And we're comparing and contrasting that note of, hey, listen, if I can find, if I like myself, I like what I do, and I like how I'm doing it, then you found your home, and that's really success, which is a different way of looking at this in order to to, to kind of find some satisfaction. At the end of the day, judgment is really a measure of what stick you're using, Um and I find that people with ADHD have a tendency to, to reflexively jump to stick to compare their insides to everybody else's outside. Thoughts on that? Mm. Yeah, I, I often laugh with my clients because sometimes we'll be doing sessions and there's sort of an opportunity to surmise what people with, with without ADHD might think. And then we both find ourselves <laughs> unsure as to, to what might be the less ADHD way <laughs> to live life. But yep. Um, I, uh, I think that when you have, when you have a brain difference in terms of sort of being a bit unique in some way and ADHD being a great example, you you very quickly start to feel like a, a difference when you're young, right? And it becomes like a way you label yourself. It becomes the way other people label you and you can be really hard. Like a lot of my adult clients, are really working to figure out what are my wants and needs? What do I actually want? Um, mm-hmm. what, is, 
to your point, fun feel like? What does flow feel like? And yet at the same time, I think it's interesting because with ADHD, another question I've been unpacking lately is whether when you, when you have ADHD, you actually learn younger that you kind of have to follow your heart, that there's an element of pull and passion and longing that comes with this brain, the way your brain works, that I think sometimes does pull people with ADHD into their home, despite challenges, um, into themselves because because of the way their brain works. So, I don't know. How do you how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel well, like I, 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 yeah, so I'm glad you did it because I want to kind of want to get to where you are. I want to kind of back up because you were you said something and all of a sudden I, I've got an image that I've, I've recreated that I have in my stuff and it was on the internet. It was it's a picture of five stick Im- stick. They're all black except mm-hmm. the middle one is blue. So it's been interesting to me because I'll show that to people and say, what do you see? And many times mm. I hear from the 80 crown, well, the one, the blue one's different. Which, mm. when you say different, has a negative connotation. And you were talking about earlier, like when you're younger and you're, neuro, you're neurodiverse, you know, you start to feel kind of different. And that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. It's got a negative connotation. But I also look at the same picture and I see, well, the one in the middle that's blue, not black, is actually special. It's the same picture. Mm. Most people long mm-hmm. to be special. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that because I, I find yeah. this to be a real interesting thing because some people, because part of AD, ADHD is an executive function impairment. One of the executive functions is emotional self-regulation. <clears throat> what I know is that people with ADHD, when they feel, um, I define emotion as a reflexive reaction, and the feeling is the physical manifestation of it. If they feel criticized or feel attacked, they go into more of a flight fight for free. They, get, they, get, they, they, they put up their guard. Often I find people coming to help people with ADHD in earnest and really good will, but it doesn't feel like help, and so they kind of fight back. And and to be self-aware, one's got to confront yourself, and that doesn't feel good. So many people with ADHD often resist that. So sometimes I think that it's that most the one the people with ADHD that struggle the most with emotional dysregulation are the ones that go more to the negative side because they're identifying with that. Whereas the ones who struggle less, there's this urge that they have. I mean, everybody has urges because I think that's kind of like what dopamine's all about, and it's a it's, it's it's a survival mechanism. Some people let go of the emotions and they follow their urges, and there's lots of stories about people with ADHD that do some amazing things when they can let go of the emotion and the judgment and really kind of find that urge of maybe what they're called to do to get back to what you had said, and that's liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do that mm-hmm. distinction to see what you think of it because we, we, the topic today, everybody, is perspective and the difference of looking at a situation one way or another and the, and the stick at what you're judging. So thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think it's – there's lots of things to think about. I think the, that when I see people do really, really well with ADHD, to your point, it's, it's usually when there's been enough space to feel validated for their pain – Mm-hmm. Um, enough enough knowledge to understand how their brain works, so that it's not some thing happening to them, but part of who they are. And in that process, the more self-aware people with ADHD become, the more they're able to not only figure out what their wants and needs are, but also reduce some of those talk, those um, feelings like blame and shame, so that the mm-hmm. longings can kind of pull from from who they are and what they want to do. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I think a lot of the journey of ADHD is, is about words. 
it is about perspective mm-hmm. and being able to, to get to the root of, you know, if, if I had a dream, it'd be every student coming out of high school saying, this is what wakes up my brain. This is what makes my brain fall asleep. Yep. This is what pulls me forward. This is what gets in my way. This is when I know I'm really being hard on myself. You know, sort of developing that narrative of that, that inner self with ADHD as part of the discussion and, and, and sort of letting, not letting go of, but like naming and holding and giving space for the pain while also starting to, to follow that, that, um, that pull forward as well. So everybody, we're talking, there's a theme here and I'm going to say, I'm going to go at different places, but still the same thing. And you, you know, Laura, about a month ago, I interviewed Renee Brooks. She's going to be one of the keynote speakers at the 2022 annual conference on ADHD. And the topic that she's going to be talking about is labeling yourself. Mm-hmm. All too often we go out there and there's a label that's there. And her notion is why let other people label you? You need to really label yourself. And what comes to mind with what mm-hmm. you just discussed is you can have ADHD and you have that label. But there's a lot of people with ADHD who change that label from ADHD to creative. So they're they're looking – at themselves, and they're choosing the label as opposed to letting other people choose the label for them, which goes back to self-awareness, which goes back to empowerment, which actually goes back to about changing their perspective to move forward. Your thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes to mind even sort of a complexity to the label, right, like a sophistication to the label, that there's an element of like, as we know, not everybody with ADHD is, is the same. There may be yep. – similarities that, you know, define it within a category, but I think really figuring out, you know, going back to our definition of success that we're playing with right now, really figuring out sort of a complex label, like label feels to me like one word. And, and maybe maybe that's, maybe I'm under, I, that's coming to me in the moment. So maybe I need to be challenged on that. But I think, how do you get a nuanced set of phrases that you can hold, that you hold yourself to. Like one, one thing I think a lot about with, with individuals and families is the concept of a mission statement, you know, to say like in parenting, for example, we are parenting, we're figuring out as we go along, we're loving our kids and we're doing our best, but what does it look like to pause and actually decide like, what are we doing and why are we doing it? What values are we wanting to live by? And so thinking about a label and maybe expanding it to a set of phrases about how you want to show up in the world and what you need to, to keep in mind in order to, 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 you know, be in your values life, in, in sort of the concept of liking yourself, what you do well, and how you do I wanna, Yeah, I want to go to break a second and kind of expand on that. But before yeah. we do, we did a show one time. I think we did a show one time. Maybe it was a video. And I was just really kind of talking about labels. And you said, you know, it's a one word. And one of the things I, I, I routinely say, think of a, think of a, think of the color red. And you, you have a color red, and I say, what you notice is that there's a color in your mind that's red. There's an infinite number of shades of red when you think about it, mm-hmm. right? But when we label things, we tend to lock in on one thing. So mm-hmm. the cool thing about labels are great because we can name things, but the problem is when you label something, you no longer pay attention to it, all the individual differences. In other words, you mm-hmm. think of red, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't realize it's an infinite number of, of, of red. So going back to your comment, it is one word, and I think it's one way of paying attention to it and it becomes the obstacle about seeing some other things. So I want to come back and kind of continue our conversation. Everybody, 
go check out Laura's website at springboardclinic.com. Again, springboardclinic.com. She's got um, online adult classes and parenting classes periodically. It's all off the website. Our secret word tonight is perspective. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Everybody, we're here with Laura McNiven talking about ADHD and having the right perspective. And, you know, I... (laughs) I just love these shows because I have ahas in the middle of it, which is kind of profound. And, you know, Laura, before the break, you were talking about writing a mission statement, come up with a bunch of phrases. And what flashed through my mind was a business plan uh, for businesses. And I've, I've coached lots of entrepreneurs, and, and people look at the business plan as this document you got to do. And I've always said it's really not this thing that you did. It's basically a coaching document because it's designed to ask you the hard questions, and really challenge you to say, listen, what's, is this viable business? It's not just something you fill out. It's something that it's, it's reflective in your question. And when you're sitting down and, like, as you describe writing your mission statement or the phrases, you're actually pausing and asking yourself, who am I and what am I doing? Ideally, because you want to – if you understand who you are and you can cast yourself in the right situation, you like who you are, what you're doing. And I just loved it because it was, it was such a way to ask your questions to kind of get to know yourself because it goes full circle is that if you're calling yourself an underachiever based off of other expectations or you have other measures of success, you're never really going to find yourself to identify yourself and actually kind of get to what we started at the beginning with with success, liking who you are, what you're doing, where you are. So it's a real – it's really about learning about yourself and understanding how to cast yourself. Does that – Logically makes sense? Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, no, I was also thinking, like, oh, what, should, what should we maybe share that people could think about at home, right? Like, okay, so we're talking about these definitions, we're talking about these words, but what, what's sort of a, like a takeaway? And I was thinking similarly with, with you, just this concept of do you like yourself day to day? Do you feel like, yeah, I like, like how I'm showing up. Do you like how you're spending your time? Do you like how how that how you're doing it? And so I think it's like a sometimes there's just such a beautiful simplicity in the coaching process that allows us to just slow down. Like a business plan is a great example because it's you can do a business plan for like an MBA project, <laughs> and then you can yep. do a okay. This is like you know myself. Both of us entrepreneurs um, have been running a business for a really long time, and you realize that 
it's just completely ever-changing all the time. And to stay true to it, there's this element of, like, going back to the why that happens all the time. Uh-huh. One of the, you know, running a mental health clinic, um, I'm sure similar to what, what you do as well, is, is, is a challenging business. And I think, you know, coming for me in moments when it's challenging, I, I often go back to this concept of, why am I like? Why do I do this? Why does our team yep. do this? And mm-hmm. that's always where I find solace and the motivation to keep going. And so, knowing why you're showing up and doing what you're doing, you know, I think is is just absolutely paramount paramount for all humans. And when ADHD is in the picture, it can be clouded by misunderstandings and symptoms and other layers. And so just all the more important to, to pause and check in. So, so in this vein. Is that another whole show or what? No, yeah, <laughs> no I, I like how we're reinforcing the same thing is that I find that people often focus on outcome, 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 outcome. And sometimes it's not really about outcome. It's about the process. And so I'm, I'm telling you a story. I coached mm-hmm. a few individuals. Um, one of the things I, I talk about ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. And if you understand it is self-regulation, it's not a deficit of attention. There's things that people can pay attention to when there are issues that their problem is not paying attention to actually stopping. And I find a lot of adults have like a learning addiction. They get on the internet and they're just foraging for information because it's pleasurable. And I was, I've coached a couple of people before. Learning is a process. It's not an it. You're never done. You're always kind of learning, which I also noticed as a kid. I'd build towns and sandboxes or snowmen. And, you know, it's funny. Every time we got done, and we'd wreck it within 30 seconds because often the fun's the journey. Well, here's my point. Mm-hmm. I've coached people yeah. before where they're like, they're looking at this thing and I, you know, wow, I really, really, really learn. I said, you know, and I've coached them for a period of time and they're going on and they think happiness is this destination. I'll say, what's it like to be happy? And they go, what? Like, no, right now you realize you're doing what you really enjoy doing every single day. That's what mm-hmm. happiness is like. And it cracks me up how it catches them off guard because happiness is always this destination that you never get to. But mm-hmm. I've had people that are doing, I mean, they're not making millions of dollars, but they're doing what every day they, they're enthralled with what they're doing. I'm going, well, what's it like to be happy? Because this is what it's like. This is what success is like. Doing like you do, mm-hmm. how you like to do it. And sometimes it's just a really matter of looking and like, I'm, I'm having fun. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And I think people lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah. It's not always the end. It's the process. Well, you know, it's so interesting that you've been talking about the word fun because I recently heard the definition of fun, and I'll, I can't remember the author of this, but I'll send you the link to add to the show. Uh-huh. The definition that I most recently heard of, of fun is a Venn diagram, and it has three components to it. So this is not mine. I will send you the yep. reference. But the three elements of what fun is, is firstly that fun is not an activity. It's not skiing is fun. You might have fun at skiing, but yep. the actual criteria for fun has three elements. Flow. So being in the moment, lightheartedness, so bringing that lightheartedness in terms of vibe, and connection. And mm-hmm. I love this so much because when you talk about how coaching is fun to you, and coaching is also fun to me, it's because of those three things. There's this, there's this lightness, there's this um, gentleness involved with coaching, there's this ability to just be in this one moment connecting with someone. And mm-hmm. so when we think about something like fun or contentment, Again, we use these definitions without all the way thinking through what, what is the definition of fun. Because sometimes you find yourself 
at something like Disney World and you're like, turns out this isn't fun. Like my <laughs> overload and overwhelming. And I, you know, so finding the yeah. individual criteria for what fun is or for what contentment is. And, and that's, it's such a powerful experience to realize that fun can be literally anything if those three sort of elements come together. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's, it's kind of weird because I, I think that's a concept that if you don't get it, you don't get it. But if you get it, you get it. Like it, it, it brings it all together. Like when I'm working with somebody and I'm truly trying to open my mind, it's kind of fun because I got to listen to them because I'm kind of crawling into their head and trying to help discover like how they think. And it's fun because you kind of get in the mm. flow and so you, you laugh and joke. I'm telling a story because I'm going to tell another story. As I was doing that with this woman, this woman came to me one time. She had an incredible sense of smell. It just struck me. Like I was just curious, 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 curious. And so over a period of time, we were able to come up with a, something that would help her. Never before, never since was I ever able to coach somebody to that again, because, but she was unique. Fast forward is uh, Ned Hollowell and John Ray wrote the book Driven to Distraction in 1994. It's a best-selling book on ADHD of all time. And they did a revision of it called ADHD 2.0. I think it was released a year and a half ago, so it was like, February 2021. I've interviewed Ned and John a a bunch of times, but Ned had me on his podcast when the book was being released. I was honestly, I was, I was very honored that he did it, but he's asking me about the coaching paradigm. And I started explaining to him this woman that I just described that I worked with her for a period of time in the flow. And I'm in the flow with, with Ned here because I'm kind of connected with him. I'm telling the story and I say, yeah, we came up with a smell based to-do list. (laughs) He's like, what? And I'm like, I'm telling this story about, yeah, I didn't know, but like, I didn't know if you bought the right crayons, they actually have an odor. And she would draw a line and she'd associate it and she said, you know, she could smell this and it would like stick in her head. It wouldn't evaporate. And he's like, what? And I'm in the, it was kind of fun because it was lighthearted. I'm having a really good time telling this story about this other experience that I had with somebody. Oh my God, it was, it was absolute joy. It was, it was, it was work for me because I was kind of marketing myself, but it was so much fun. And I'm using it as an illustration of, it wasn't hard, but it was, I was connecting. I was in the flow. It was somewhat lighthearted, and it was just kind of coming naturally. Anyway, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I mean, there's this beautiful part, I think, in, in coaching in particular where you surrender to the process very deeply yes. in the sense of you don't know what the solution is going to be. You're not coming in yep. with a, like, list of to-dos. You might have some, you know, some – curiosities or some examples that might help us lead to the right answer. But that element where you pause and you just like, let, let the process, I sometimes picture coaching kind of like there's a, like a big pot in the middle of, and it's being stirred around as you go through the process and what might kind of come to the surface is, is there's a magic in it. There's an element of like a new creative space being opened. And I think that's why I, I truly believe that the coaching concept or going through this yep. kind of process, however that might look for you, is important for, for everyone <laughs> to, to check yep. in, like to check in so, with yourself. And <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Spoken like, spoken like two coaches that are kind of in the flow here. I'm super biased. <laughs> super biased. To, to work our way backwards, <laughs> the topic is, is, again, having the right perspective. We go back to definition of success. I, it's, it's not like a, whatever. It's just basically finding your place in life. And I, I love, I adore the definition because liking yourself and liking what you're doing, clearly we enjoy what we're doing. The issue is really if you're out there 
success is finding your way to get there. And I think the key to, to what I'd like people to take away from the show is don't get wrapped up in what everybody else is doing. Pay attention to yourself. It's about self-awareness mm-hmm. and about kind of getting to know yourself and maybe doing the mission statement or trying to a phrase. Don't let people label you. You label yourself to identify who you are yeah. with your values as a means to, to have that. Given, given that we need to kind of wrap this up, but any last comments to, to add before we bring this to a close? No, I think that we talked a little bit in the in the pre-interview as well about, you know, being able to find the time or the space to do this kind of work or to pause and reflect with yourself is hard these days. There are a lot of things trying to steal our focus away. Um, there are a lot of distractions. There are a lot of different um, forces in our systems looking for certain criteria, defining certain things for us. And so this this element of of pausing, however that might look in your life, and just checking in with yourself with a couple of these key questions and noticing in your body what happens as you kind of check in with yourself. And and I'm going to tactically, I never realized how creative I was until I got into this job, but when you said find Mm. the time, I'm going to share, this is my experience, is when I'm sitting down and I need to do something, I'm often finding myself literally sometimes I do a lot of work on the floor of my office, like literally like laying down on my stomach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm staring at a piece of paper for like an hour and a half. Now, it doesn't feel very productive in that period of time, but I've come to learn as if I'm going to get anything deeper, I have to open my mind. I have to kind of go through that process and surrender at stuff. And when I do that, Usually something good happens, and I'm saying to find the time is an issue, but there's these other pressures, and sometimes you have to be patient enough to realize is that you can sit there for 30 minutes and seemingly not do nothing, but sometimes it takes it that long for something to reveal itself to you. So it's about finding time, but it's also realizing is that sometimes you sit down, it doesn't feel really that productive, but you have to go through that in order to be productive. Make sense? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of research that talks about creativity actually having to come from nothingness rather than it's not something you can just like hammer through. It it actually needs, you need to be a little bit more gentle with with the creative side of solutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so with that, Laura, thanks for so much for coming on the show. It was so nice to chat with you. I feel like we could, we could talk this out longer. Um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely my passion to connect with others doing this kind of work and thanks for your time. Awesome, awesome. Everybody, you got to check her out at her website, springboardclinic.com. Again, today, hope that you've got a newfound view of perspective. It's what's obvious depends on what you pay attention to. Take control of it. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.